Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. To Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark. Uh, this week, Nate is out, and uh, Phil's still with me this week. Phil, how's it going, man? It's good, man. He's he's out because he's partying hard for Father's Day. Yeah, dude. Happy so happy Father's birthday Day, and yeah. Father's Day to Nate. And um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Yeah, the whole thing. If you're, a, if you're an MTG dad, happy Father's Day. If you if you've ever taught someone how to play MTG and they and they weren't your kid, uh, this one's for you as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Father's Day episode. Yes, the Father's Day episode. Uh, and and so uh, with with that said, maybe we should get right into uh, uh, Legacy, you know, the old man format. The old man format, let's go. Okay, so uh, first I want to talk about uh, the uh, four-season spring Legacy event in Bologna, Italy. That was a tournament with 172 players, so big enough to be a blip on our radar. Um, and, uh, I want to just, uh, go over the top eight real fast and we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about strategies within that top eight in, in a second. But, uh, so we had, uh, first place was Miracles. Then we had Bug Midrange, uh, Eldrazi Stompy, Grixis Delver, Four Color Control, Death and Taxes, Death Shadow Bug, and, uh, Dragon Stompy. Uh, so that was the top eight for, for this tournament. And, and I think that this particular tournament is very indicative of, of what the metagame kind of looks like right now. What do you think, Phil? Oh. I think it's a big coming out party for death and taxes. Like where has that deck been? That deck has been sort of uh, on the outskirts for, for, for a minute. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's back here. Finally seeing, seeing something. Is there anything in particular? Can we look, take a look? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Uh, let's, let's first off, I I just want to shout out to uh, Enrico Var, who's playing a 61 card main deck. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) It's, I just don't support it ever. <laughs> um, it's just, I just. Uh. It is what it is. He got there though. You know, second, you can't, you can't give too much gripe to second place with sixty-one no, cards, right? I, that's results-oriented thinking. <laughs> Get out of here with that. I just can't. Like, there's just no. Like, there's no. I mean, I just, I, I, I just there, had that there no, to specifically to troll you a little bit. Phil. What do you need the sixty-first card for? Like, well, what is? What are you doing? Let's see. What? Well, what do you Don't think the sixty-first card is? A second Jace? Uh, a, a fourth you, ponder? Oh my god! Sixty-one <laughs> cards and only three ponders. Uh, Why not sixty-two cards, right? Uh, um, I think I, I don't. I think we're done. I think the, I think the cast has to end here because I have to go throw up. <laughs> Okay. To, like, you don't need the main board dismember. Cut the dismember. Cut one go. of the Tarmogoyfs. Cut something. You don't need three decay if you're at 61 cards and three ponder. Do do something. <laughs> oh my god. You don't bit, need three yeah. wasteland in your three color deck if you're playing 61 cards and three ponder. <laughs> two Thoughtseize to him. Here's here's my issue. Push, I, I, man, I don't... Those twos and one ofs that you're putting in your deck would be way better if you had 60 cards and four ponder. I don't take a lot of issue with, with the counts in this deck aside from... If you're gonna play Wasteland uh, in in a deck that includes green, 
and you don't have Life from the Loam in your sideboard, he's not even playing for, for Wasteland. So the Wasteland is like kind of a tech plan for him. And I would want Life from the Loam in my board if I was playing uh, Wasteland in a deck like this where like you're valuing out your opponent and, oh, whoops, I locked you out of the game. I think the uh, this deck playing three Wasteland is just the, like, this deck wants to be Pile, and yeah. it's cutting the red so it can play a couple of basics and then also play Wasteland because the deck is just so bad against Merit Lage decks. Yeah. Like, Diabolic Edict in the main is simply a concession because to eat uh, of course, Merit yeah. Lage. So it's like, you don't, nobody wants to play Edict. Like, nobody. It's just not a good card. It's a concession to the format. Honestly, I think that they, I would just cut a land from this deck. I would cut, like, one fetch, maybe. And uh, I, I mean, he's running, what, one, two? He's running, uh, sorry, nine fetches, it looks like. I would just cut a fetch. This deck needs to cut a card and yeah. then cut another card and <laughs> For add ponder. A ponder. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, uh, so let's look at the death and taxes list real fast. Um, yeah, you know, this looks pretty, pretty stock. Um, we're on the, the, the Revoker plan, which which has been coming back into vogue lately. Two main board, Crus Mirren Crusader. This is the, the, the I, I call this version of the deck uh, Anime Babes and Robots. Yep, Sarah Avengers are back. Yep, Sarah Avengers are back. You got, uh, you know, the, the Mother of Runes, you've got Stoneforge Mystic, Thalia, you know, Recruiter of the Guard to make all those cards great, Flicker Wisp. Uh, but yeah, you've got Revoker. Uh, you know, and uh, Batter Skull, Sword of Fire and Ice, you know, all yeah. the all the classics. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing it, it, that this deck is doing that I'm that I'm surprised about. Yeah, right there's now. nothing shocking about yeah, this yeah. list. Um, yeah. Barry Macabre in the board is is like sure. That's yeah. Get, you need I a way to deal with is. Black Red. Um, and you got a Leon and Relic Warder, um, which is you know fine. Having uh, a tutorable disenchant is totally cool. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, this, that's a stock list. You've got Cataclysm, you know. Containment priest, uh, yeah. The, all, this this whole this whole sideboard looks pretty pretty stock. You've even got a couple of extra paths for your swords, and the only instance and in sorceries in the deck are swords to plowshares. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, this is. I mean, I, I like I said, I'm not I'm not surprised about uh, this particular build. But yeah, being being that it's a death and taxes deck that gets into the top eight uh, is is something to at least talk about. Uh, the big showing here actually is is uh, death shadow bug. Because um, that deck has been pretty much unheard of for, for a little while, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's just trying to port Modern's Death Shadow into Legacy. Yeah. And it's fine because you, you there's already a bunch of cards in the deck that you're interested in playing. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what the reason would be to play this deck over Grixis Delver outside of just being super bored of playing Grixis Delver. Because... You're playing a lot of the same cards that are good, all the good blue cards, uh, probe days, and then you get thought seize because you need the life loss, but then you don't get to leverage probe plus, plus, plus therapy. And I think probe therapy is the most powerful thing to be doing in the format. Uh, so I guess if you just want to spice your life up a little bit and you're tired of the Grixis Delver game. I mean, I think the answer here is because you like casting Berserk on a 10-10 Death Shadow. Yeah, I mean that's fine. <laughs> that's, like, yeah, I, I agree though. It's a spice up your life kind of kind of deck for sure. Yeah, um, I, like like there's no, there's no incentive to me here to be playing this over Grixis Delver mm -hmm. because you're just not 
playing Pyroblast and like a bunch of those things. I mean, the red cards out of Grixis Delver, I think, are very much worthwhile. Like, Bolt is better than Push, I think. Mm -hmm. And you have to play things like Dismember. And then you just like the balance of having to play against another aggro deck, a la the top deck in the format, and you do not handle going wide. No. Uh, I mean, I guess you do with Berserk, right? <laughs> yeah, like you have to aggro them back. Yeah, the yeah. thing is, that you're actively killing yourself to make your death route, death shadows live, and and they have push, which is sort of you know counterintuitive. Well, that's the part where I go. I think Death Shadow is a really interesting card, and it is very much on the cusp of being legacy playable. A la like you have a top eight right here, but when the top deck or the deck that won this tournament is a source to plowshares deck. Mm -hmm. And then all of the black decks have a minimum of two push plus abrupt decays. I just don't see what death shadow gives you, but Gurmag angler is great because it's a one man of five, five, but it dodges push. It dodges abrupt decay. It dodges bolt. It dodges a ton of removal. Yeah. So it's actually really a, a really problematic threat from the format that the, that is played. Like, Tarmogoyf went down because Push came into the format, right? Yep. So it's like, I don't know what Death Shadow really gives you that Gurmag doesn't already accomplish. Yeah. I, I think one thing that's interesting about this deck is the, the, the 15 creature count. Um, and generally, I see decks like this with uh, with around a 18, 19 creature count playing uh, Delver as well. So they've, they've basically cut out the Delvers and added green so that they could play Berserk and Abrupt Decay. Um, generally, I, when I was playing the blue-black version, I was playing with just two anglers in the deck. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is... Yeah, it's it's definitely, like you said, it's a spice-up-your-life deck. And, uh, and I think, I mean, there's definitely a place for that, especially in the current meta where I feel like I'm just seeing the same matchups every single time I sit down at the table. So, yeah, the format's super stale. Like, yeah. there, that's that's not a secret. Yeah. I think like looking at this deck where you're you're in green, and you're on berserk. Like, if you draw a berserk right now, you the only berserkable threats you have are four death shadow when they're big enough, mm -hmm. and three Gurmag angler. You're not really berserking your death rights to get there. Certainly not berserking your street race. So I'm actually surprised to not see actual Tarmogoyf. If you're just like, yeah. all right, like I'm not gonna worry about push and uh the stuff that, that deals with goif because shadow dies to the same threats uh, same removal mm -hmm. i don't know why you wouldn't just be on the like street wraith into thought sees kill your th take your th answer and then play i uh, goif on turn two yeah it's no like, i i don't i don't disagree i think in a deck like this like uh tarmogoyf is uh fine because you have the thought sees you know, you like have the force will in the days. You know, you you have it. You have many ways around around the um around the removal package that your opponent has. Um, and if they have two, then you're you know there you go. And he's playing two stubborn denial, and you have seven stubborn deniable things onto the table. Now, force spike isn't too far off, right? Yeah. Like force spike's totally fine. Um, but stubborn denial also works with your tarmogoyf. I mean, I don't know. Like I've never played. A death shadow deck with berserk before so i, I don't have any reps with it yeah. i just look at it and go man it's threat light to be playing yeah multiple cards that are solely dependent on having threats in play 
I appreciate this deck for what it for what it is. It's like a puzzle to solve while you're playing it, which is like you you almost get to play two games. You're playing a game with yourself and you're playing a game with your opponent. Um, this strikes me as just like fair in fact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except all your threats die to the same stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how Infect is too, unfortunately. You don't, get, you don't get the land. You you're, don't get the you're not soft to, art, to artifact removal in this deck is, is what it comes down to. Oh, we found it. Uh, if I, I would be really interested to uh, talk to... What, who, is, who played this deck? This is... Uh, well, I'm going to butcher this for sure. Uh, I, don't, I don't even see it. Jujuliermo uh, Famiani. I'm going to guess you didn't pronounce that properly. So, so my apologies, Mr. Sorry, Famiani. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got yeah, I think this, if I were to guess, this is just like, yeah, this, this format's boring. Let's play something spicy. Mm -hmm. And good on him. It I worked. think that's fine. <laughs> uh, so uh, going from this uh, this 172-player event uh, to, all the way over to SCGCon. Before we go oh, to SCGCon, can I just ask one question? Hmm. I'm curious, now that we're seeing two different Stompy decks in the top eight, Yeah. can we look at which cards, like how many cards oh, yeah. are the same in each deck? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's just because, let's just pretend that they're not, play, like, they're not playing any of the same creatures well, and see, the thing and is see that we, what's we, going on. Every time we talk about Chalice, I, I know I always mention that it's like the Chalice shell plus cards, and they can be whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Because um, those cards are just the ones that are ending the game, but they're not the ones that are actually winning you the game. And what would you so, say the Chalice I'm, Shell is? I would say it's obviously you have all of the Soul Lands mm -hmm. plus four Chalice plus some other uh, prison effects like Thorn or Trinisphere or Bridge or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious how many of the cards in both X overlap. Yeah, let's let's find out. So we've got a. Uh... Uh, the Eldrazi Tompy deck, uh, we've got Ancient Tomb, Cavern of Souls, City of Traders is a three of. Then we've got uh, Eldrazi Temple, and I have Ugin is a three of. Uh, and then we've got Factory, uh, Urborg, and Three Wastelands. That's the land count. It's 25 lands. Let's look at the land count in Dragon Stompy. Land count in Dragon Stompy is 19 lands. We're looking at uh, a complement of uh, eight soul lands and 11 mountains. So that's the land count. Let's look at the creature count real fast. Uh, so creature count is uh, four Mimics, two Endbringer, four Endless Ones, four Reshaper, four Reality Smasher, two Simeon Spirit Guide, uh, four Thought Not Seer, and one Walking Ballista. So compare that to the Dragon Stompy, uh, which is, there's no dragons in this deck, uh, the Dragon Stompy uh, list, which is four Robin Master, four Magus of the Moon, two uh, Pia and Kirin, and uh, four Simeon Spirit Guide. So we're looking at 14 to uh, 25 creatures. So the, the Eldrazi Stompy deck is definitely more creature heavy. Um, and then the, the main departure, I think, is going to be in our instant sorceries and enchantment count. Um, where you're looking at uh, four fiery... So for the uh, Dragon Stompy, four fiery confluence uh, for instance and sorceries. Uh, and then we've got Blood Moon, Chalice, uh, Chandra is a three of, Chrome Mox is a four of, Ensnaring Bridge is a four of, Karn as a two of and Transfer as a two of. So that's that's all sixty cards for the um uh Dragon Stompy list. And let's go back to the uh Eldrazi Stompy list. So we've got creatures and lands. They're playing one dismember, uh three warping whale, four chalice, and two ratchet bombs. So you'll see that their plan isn't as much uh stop you from casting spells as it is just 
play dudes for way too way too little mana. Yeah, it's interesting because I look at these two lists and I go, well, they're both labeled as Stompy, mm -hmm. but I look at one as a Stompy deck and one as a prison deck. The Dragon Stompy deck to me isn't Stompy at, not all. at all. It's not yeah, trying yeah. to stomp at anything. It's just trying to lock you out. Yeah. Well, the Eldrazi deck is just it's just pure Eldrazi. pressure. That is pressure. Like this whole deck is uh, just like woo. But the 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 one crossover is all of the it's they're both listed as Stompy, and the only cards that are the same are Four Chalice and and the Soul Lands, and the, obviously the Soul Lands. Yeah, because you're you you're looking to go Chalice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just for all the times where I'm saying like any time that I've said that Chalice, it's all the same deck plus cards, I still agree with that notion. The only I'm pulling this up because Eldrazi is an aggro deck that's playing Chalice, while the prison deck is what I would consider that, a Chalice, yeah, prison deck. Like a Chalice deck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Eldrazi Zombie has Thorn of Amethyst in the board, uh, but that's not that's not the same as playing it main, obviously. And uh, you know, the Dragon Stompy is playing eight Blood Moons. Yeah, there's eight Blood you know. Moons in this deck, and then like what, the, like the other lockout cards are like Sorcerer Spyglass. Um, but both decks are playing that bridge, in their boards. The Foreign Staring Bridge, eight Blood Moons, the Chalice, two Trinosphere. Like it's way more yeah. of Prison. I mean, than... these two decks are as different to to me, like in in evaluating them, uh, as like the Turbo Depths deck is from Lands. Like you yeah, see a lot yeah. of the same cards, but like if to the uninitiated, you're just gonna see Chalice and be like moving on, right? Yeah, I I think labeling them labeling them both as Stompy is misleading. Yeah, I agree uh, because they're trying to implement different game plans. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, that's it's it's an astute observation actually that these are ba basically two completely different decks. I mean, even to, up to the land count, like when I see a 19 land deck and I see a 25 land deck. I'm definitely like those are two different decks. They have to be, right? Oh yeah, your your analogy of it's if you were to say two lands decks made the top eight, one is lands and one is turbo depths. Yeah, I it would that be would completely be like I to 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 me before before we interviewed um Matt, I had no idea the difference between those two decks. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to to check that uh, cast out, it was like four or five weeks ago. Uh, maybe maybe up to a month or two months ago, um, and we had uh, what Matt Hackbert. Was that we talk about Turbo Depths. Yeah. yeah, when we talked about Turbo Depths, um, and so yeah, that that was a really interesting uh, uh, cast for me because I literally had no idea what what those two decks were capable of, uh, and I, I I honestly just whenever I play against them, I'm normally on the same plan. I've changed my plan up a little bit uh, thanks to that. It's also similar to last week's cast where we talked yeah. about the differences between Tess and A&T and the different avenues that those decks try yeah. to go down, even though they're playing a ton of the same cards. I think this is a similar a similar story where they're both labeled as Stompy decks the same way that Tess and A&T are both labeled as Storm decks, but they do different things. Yeah, we should even look for somebody who's... And the game is still, you know, Chalice on one. We should look for somebody who is uh, who plays either one of these decks and, ta and try and uh, get them on the cast in, in, in the coming weeks. Um, so, uh, from there, uh, let's talk about SCG Con and the, uh, classic, uh, I'll, I, I would give you my, uh, interpretation of what happened for me at SCG Con, but it was, uh, I played a lot of Eldrazi Stompy decks in the, uh, <laughs> in the, uh, what's it called? The No Bandless Modern Tournament. Not worth talking about. 
Uh, yeah, so, I, I honestly didn't even think that No Bandless Modern would be uh, so Eldrazi dominant. And then it hit me afterwards. I was like, oh, of course, people just port their legacy stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried. It, it just didn't occur to me. I thought people would just be on Rite of Flame Storm and kill people on Tour Zero. No, everyone was on, on Storm Hate. Uh, and that was why I didn't play it. Like, the, every, everyone had was playing, like, even the Eldrazi Stompy decks were playing, like, um, Missteps main. Just everyone mm, was. Mm. So I was like, I was happy that I didn't do that. And I actually beat uh, a Storm deck in my in the first round. Um, but let's go over to the uh, Classic and talk about this top eight. Because it's pretty similar to the top eight that we just looked at. Uh, so we've got uh, Grixis Delver, uh, four color control, pile, as it were. Another Delver deck, uh, Grixis. Uh, Food Chain, uh, Mono Red Stompy. Well, that, that's the discrepancy. So they labeled it here as Mono Red Prison. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But it's going to be the exact same list. We'll as, have to see, yeah. Yeah. We'll look at that list. Uh, Sultai Leovold, another Grixis Delver deck, and then another Prison deck. So let's let's give a quick look to the Prison decks. I mean, that top eight is pretty similar to the top eight that we were just looking at. Like, what what is it? Uh, one... We one thing I'll we notice about the other top eight was there was not any Delver, which is pretty interesting. Um, but this this particular top eight oh, had good. one, oh, two, yeah. uh, three, three Delvers, and then if you go to ninth, it's four Delvers, and then one four color pile, and then we had uh you know we had two prison decks and a Leovold deck, which is basically it's... another pile deck. Yeah, it's looking to me as though Mono Red Prison has now just gotten printed to the point where it can play, like, man, Chandra and Karn just being yeah. a top end is so much better than anything else they were ever doing. So uh, the fifth place one and the eighth place one. Uh, couple differences here. Uh, we have a fifth place had a one Hazaret as its 15th creature. Um we have uh, four and five planeswalkers, so the, the so planeswalkers and creature count is almost the exact same total, um, but we're looking at four uh, Chandras in one, and then three uh, Chandras and two Karn in the other. Uh, the other one had uh, having the extra creature in it instead of not instead of five planeswalkers. Mm -hmm. uh, then then we're just looking at what nineteen lands in both. Yep, nineteen lands in both. Uh, this one runs two great furnaces for some reason. I don't know if there's a good reason for that or not. Um, and then we've got, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's look at the spell count. 22 spells. Oh my God. Look at this. It's, well, P and Kieran Navarre is sacrifice an artifact, right? Uh, oh yeah. It, uh, yeah. We'll let you sacrifice an artifact to deal two damage to any target. So there you go. Yeah. So the so, ancient furnaces are just very hedged to potentially become shocks. So when I, when I went back and forth and looked at the, the difference between the rest of the spells in their deck, they have 22 spells. They are the exact same. It's yeah. Four Chalice, four Chrome Mox, four Ensnaring Bridge, two Trinisphere, four Blood Moon, four Fiery Confluence. Let's go back and look at that Dragon Stompy list real fast. And the only difference here... It's the same. Yeah. No, no. Exactly. They've got... They've got a... He's got three Chandra and two Karn, but the other spells are exactly the same. Well, they've got... They're missing... Yeah. No, that's the same exact thing. Wow. That so is... So the, the, the stock list is on the spells, and then you can... Uh, and the same thing with the creatures, like it's been four Rabblemaster and four Magus, mm -hmm. and then people bounce around on whether they're on, uh, like the number of P and Kieran's that they're on, or if they're on more Planeswalkers. 
Yeah. Uh, if they're on, in this case, a Hazaret here. I mean, those to me are negligible. Yeah. I appreciate Hazaret uh, in this deck because it, it uh, like you're doing exactly what you want to do with the the ensnaring bridge and Hazaret like counts as a removal spell for uh, a removal spell a win condition after you've got the bridge out. Yeah, to me, it's it, when you're playing the bridge deck. The Hazaret is really just the it's three mana turn it into a shock. I don't know like if that's just going to be better than Karn, but hey, I'm never going to be playing well, a deck like Karn... this. So I don't know gonna do like no in my mind like attack right it's it's three mana shoot something yeah and i think at that point with the amount of artifacts that you're playing if you're looking to hide behind chrome mox chalice of the void and staring bridge uh you play p and kieran to put more artifacts on the table like that one slot if you were just looking to be burning them out because you're not attacking through your own bridge i look at something like gear per eighth or grid or something like that yeah yeah, I, i agree I guess but this is I guess just if it's a little it bit... also a discard outlet to make sure that your ensnaring bridge always stays on. I just don't know. Yeah, I think that's what part you of would it. Be drawing otherwise. I think the the aether grid is good, but I, um, it's a dead draw when you don't need it. Whereas this is like actually a creature. Um, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's also a way it. that you can just like aggro somebody out. Maybe yeah, you can know. just get in with this guy on like turn three. You just like or turn two even. Like you play uh, a tomb and a city of traders and and this thing. You know. Yeah, between Simeon Spirit Guide and Chrome Mox, you're hellbending yourself pretty fast. Yeah. Um. So, let's see. So that's that's what the top eight look like, and then the, we got the food chain deck. You can also look at in tenth pace pace. Blue, I can't talk tonight. Tenth place is a uh, blue white standstill Ooh, deck. So we're that's, seeing standstill. That's spicy. I mean, um, this is just like this is something that we're looking at. Like I've seen Myth realize. Someone call Nate. Myth realizes a deck is it, it a has deck? showed up as the <laughs> card for standstill because you can just attack through it under a standstill and it yeah, comes down the turn before. So it's just like you sit on your standstills, nobody moves, and then you just quietly accrue counters until yep. this thing just becomes gigantic. I mean, it loses to the same things that all the other threats lose to, like push and abrupt decay but, but then you draw three cards so who even cares <laughs> oh no i'm saying that like yeah. when you're looking at a, uh, your threat just like look at it at this it's your four threats that can win the game yeah yeah and this is basically a miracles deck otherwise like you've got the terminuses i just you know. really hate the dazes though yeah yeah that's, i just think that's like no fan still gets you to the point where people are just making land drops and days is dead so fast yeah like, that play um, pattern just seems super weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I used to play Days... I, I played Days in my Merfolk deck with Standstill. I thought it was fine. You know, like, you, you just... You, well, yeah, you, you're also clocking them, though. Yeah, well, like, that's you're putting the, them the idea is, like, you're, cast their spells. you're, like, turn one, Vile, turn two, you know. Uh, yeah. you, you're casting Standstill, and you've got a Vial out, and your opponent's like, oh, no, he's got a Mutable and a Vile, and what do I do, you know? Mm-hmm. So interesting yeah, I too think... is that he's on no rod. Do you prefer if you're looking for that effect and you're in white? Do you prefer no rod to Stony Silence? I think you play. Stony I feel like Silence. In, like Stony it, Silence is just like less susceptible. Yeah, right? exactly. You can't you can't disenchant. Uh, well, you can disenchant Stony Silence obviously, but you can't like shatter it, as it were. Which um, would matter for if you, I mean I assume you would bring no rod in against. Uh, what would Stompy be something? I mean, not Stomp. Prison 
Is that something that you'd bring it in against? I don't know. I don't think Turns I'd bring it in against Chromoxes? prisons because yeah. it's just like it's only good against the Chromoxes, so I don't yeah. I don't think it's that big a deal. What are you bringing um, this in against? What's no rod for? Uh, I mean, I used to bring it in against uh, decks that played Sensei's Divining Top, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't really played any any decks that need no rod. Uh, you know, I guess what like you can play it against uh, a lands deck. It stops their, you know, some of their cards from working. But it's not. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I guess this guy was just worried about the the odd. Yeah, it's you know. cool. that's fine. Yeah, I think it's also interesting that he's on three Tundra and a Caracas, and Caracas can't bounce anything in his deck, so it's just a value land. Mm-hmm. But then he has two back to basics on the board. How do you feel about back to basics in the board as opposed to maining it? I I like maining back to basics. I finally just got mine back, so I'm 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 high on the back to basics plan. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that um. I don't know, man. The Caracas is obviously there as like a black red reanimator is just too hard for this deck to to deal with, probably. Yeah, um, it's possible. I believe that. Uh, and that's probably why the Dazes are in this deck. It's just like fast combo. whatever. What can I do? You know, because if you can get to the late game, this deck is obviously bonkers. Um, it just comes down to like beating beating the first couple of turns. So the Caracas is there to like. Uh, put Grizzle Brand back in its hand. It also yeah. is fine against Sneak and Show, which is another deck that th- this these sort of decks traditionally have a little bit of trouble with. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't have enough cards. You can't have too many cards that do nothing. This deck strikes me though. Like if I were, if somebody said, "Phil, build the standstill deck, standstill deck right now," I would move away from Mythrealized, uh, and I would move towards Search for Escanta. Yeah, and I mean, I think, them I in, think the in this deck, the back the back to basics are strictly a sideboard card because you do mm-hmm. need Mishra's factories to to like play this deck. Um, that's oh yeah, sort so of, you're saying that they're only bringing in it as hate. This as is a this to... is a hateful card specifically yeah. for for certain matchups. I I wouldn't play this main in, in the standstill deck now. I think about it mm-hmm. because factory is a is a big part of the standstill plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you don't want to like he's he, you know he's running six six basics which is fine. That's more than if enough. you were building, if you were building standstill, do you think white is the best pair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you you need you need ways to get rid of your opponent's board. So obviously terminus is great, uh-huh. and and swords swords is obvi- is also good. Because like turn three, let's say your opponent has landed a delver, uh-huh. and and you couldn't deal with it for like a turn, and in turn three you're just like swords standstill. Okay, now I can like hide under this. You know, you need that one mana like all-purpose removal spell it, it also swords swords helps with uh dealing with your opponent's resolved like reanimation creatures too so mm-hmm. i think i think you know being the the premier uh removal spell of the format as far as swords swords is concerned you can't play a control deck uh you know without it really mm-hmm. like i don't think of pile as a control deck i think of pile as like a, a mid-range deck so sure yeah I was thinking that the, I mean, obviously Deathrite is good and everything, but I'm like, man, Deathrite really is what you want to be doing under a standstill. Yeah, well, the problem is, is Deathrite and standstill, not a combo, because your opponent might just be holding stuff and then you're just attacking them for one every turn. Oh, no, yeah, I get that, but I'm, it's like uh, playing something on one and then since I mean, the thing I like about this deck is that it can just ignore removal until you're ready to go. 
Yeah. But that removal is going to be turned on the second you start animating your, misre- your myth realized in your Mishra's factories. Yeah, that's the real problem. Yeah. I mean, is there it, a, sure, maybe you have a counterspell ready. <laughs> but like, Is there a, like a, a land that one would play that is better than Mishra's? Like, is there an efficient enough token-making land instead of Mishra's factory? Outpost, maybe. And it's just what like... Is, what is the rate on that? That uh, So you have to sack a land when it comes to play, which is oh, probably why it's not being played yeah, anymore. Um, I guess the only way you're doing that is if you're playing Flagstones, it, but even still, it's yeah, too it high. Yeah, it does cast... It costs two mana. So and you have to sack a, a Plains. You cannot sack a, a Flagstones. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it yeah, must be a Plains. Uh, it, I, it, it's, it's not a terrible, like, card to play. It's just that... It doesn't. It's not exactly doing what what you need to do, which is like it's also terrible against wasteland. Word. Yeah. Is that what's the um? Speaking of just like off the beaten path lands, I was it Nate who said it. It's like a a bird producing land. It's like blue white something tap make a bird. You know the land I'm talking about? Moorland haunt. No, it's not Moorland haunt. No, Let, no. Let's look it up right now. Let's look it up. There's um. There's a land for, like from the old sets. It's definitely old border, and it's blue white. And it makes a it, it taps for colorless blue white tap something make a bird, seaside haven. What is that? That's it. That's it. All right. It's, so yeah, it is indeed sacrifice oh, no, no, a bird draw the card. That's not as good. <laughs> it's a way off. <laughs> that card's I terrible. It was make a bird. It's so it's seaside haven. It's uh, tap for a colorless or blue white tap sack a bird draw a card. <laughs> it's way different. Yeah, not what you want to be. <laughs> um, no, I thought it, I thought it actually like generated tokens. Yeah. No. Right, unfortunately. Take it back. Uh, take it all back. Yeah. Duh. Get get harpied, bro. Yeah, dude. Um, I mean, if I'm if I, let's let's be honest, I I'm I like the standstill decks that still go back to playing. Uh, what's the uh, angel ascendancy card? Oh yeah 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 the um uh, I, I know one what in a white the one it's an that, like, from one in white and it's, it's for every turn that you don't take damage, put a counter on it, yeah, and then when it has four counters, start putting angels, start pumping play. out four four angels for one in a white. Yeah, yeah, I've wanted that card to be good forever. I mean, it's fine in Enchantress. <laughs> oh, man, you talked me into it. I mean, I'd like, Standstill's the type of deck that would want that card. I mean, it's competing for the Myth Realized slot, but yeah. it is like... I mean, that card, when it's on, it's game. It just, the game's over. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's no... I mean, know, there's... Like, if, if you get to activate that twice in, in Legacy, I feel like if your opponent is not already winning the game in a turn or two, the game's over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like it a, takes a while to get on, but the investment's only two mana, so it's not like you're... you're too steep. Yeah. I mean, the, then, so the idea here is you start off with, a, what, like, turn one Deathrite Shaman into turn two uh, Simeon Spirit Guide, that card, and... Uh, <laughs> what, what, what are we doing? And, and Standstill. Four-color Standstill, dude. What? So you need, this, you need the Spirit Guide so that you can drop down the other two-drop and then drop Standstill underneath of it and say go. Oh, 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 yeah. oh I see. I mean, I also like the idea of um, like when if you're in black, then you just also get to play discard, yeah. Because you know that you're just gonna like trading as often as possible is really good when your deck is just full of ancest- ancestrals. Yeah. Like just being like, yeah, turn one thoughtsies, take your thing, turn two standstill. It's like, oh fuck. Yeah. 
Well, so we've we've covered these tournaments. Uh, you know, it looks like. Uh, Can we just go quickly before we mm-hmm. uh, call this one? I'm just curious to see the number of Leovold in the deck listed as Sultai Leovold. Probably two. It's three. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like Leovold is so good right now that, like, I mean, if I were playing a Leovold deck, I'd play three. I don't know like, why this deck isn't Pyle, called Sultai Trune Nemesis, though. Yeah, it's Leovold takes the credit for this, but it's really a true name deck. Yeah, but yeah. I'm still on the side of, I think, three Leovold in the decks that are looking to play with it are, is the correct number. I appreciate the Bitter Blossom as a one-of. You know, over the over the I fourth pond. Sure, man. Like, is this? I over the like. I agree ponder. with this guy playing three Leovold, but I do not agree with three. Well, that ponder. he had to shave a ponder for the third Leovold, man. No, dude, he had to. He shaved a ponder for that bitter blossom. Don't kid oh, yourself. Oh man, what yeah. is it with these decks that are like? Yes, it's three wasteland, three abrupt decay, three ponder. Like, what are we doing? I mean, Guys, hey, I, I can't give them too much doing? crap. They're winning more tournaments than I am. Dude, they're winning. I dude, I like. I'm never gonna win one of these things. Like, if my track history means anything, like clearly I'm doing everything wrong. But like, at least I know I'm doing four ponder correctly. <laughs> ah, God, it it just hurts. Like, you know when you like, you like go through a breakup and everything is just super painful and it's like ah, like that's what I feel every time I see three ponder. It's like somebody's just like actively trying to break my heart. Yeah. Come on. Get on the four ponder plan. I don't Guys, know all that the you need to be on twenty lands in a deck that's playing eight mana dorks. I think you could you could easily cut two lands, and um and you'd be you'd be fine. But that means that you you got to be on the the like rug delver plan where you're not playing basics. So this this deck for some weird reason wants to also play basics, which I feel like you're just dead to blood moon anyhow for the most part unless you have a mana dork on board. So why? even bother doing anything otherwise yeah i mean i just like yeah i i agree that like eight mana dorks is a ton the thing is that like this deck only wins when it goes turn one dork into turn two three drop yeah of course so like that's the only reason that it's playing days like it's not a days deck it just wants to be able to cast this three drop on two and not care yeah uh but like i mean guys all the stats from Legacy's history, like the the most winningest cards in like the decks that have won, the all the decks like you just calibrate all of them together. It's Force of Will, Brainstorm, and Ponder as four ofs. Honestly, I would I would probably cut a Force of Will before I cut a Ponder. One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I think that the the don't cut either. The yeah, the the losses you take here. For uh, against combo decks uh, versus against just like being like oh, I just drew a spell pierce when I didn't need one, but I wish that was a ponder. It's or I so drew a bitter blossom. Like, I wish it was a ponder. I could have seen more of my deck. Yeah. I don't know know where the numbers of like I need the volume of this type of effect, aka three abrupt decay and a fatal push and all, like mm-hmm. where are the numbers that these people all just agree that it's Three ponder plus the volume of other spells. Like ponder makes it so you can have those spells when you want them. I think it's a money thing, Nate. Uh, Nate, sorry, Phil. I think it's a money thing, Phil. Uh, you know, ponder's an expensive ponder. common. Ponders were too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's too expensive to play ponders these days. Yep. Gotta play this extra wasteland. Man, uh, that's, that card's big uh, and popper. 
Um, yeah, dude, ponder so pricey. So uh, where, where do you stand on the debate of ponder arts? Oh, I mean, I'm a I I own uh, M12 foil ponders that I picked up in Vegas the first time I went, so that's that's what I have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the full art ponder is very nice looking. It really is. Uh, yeah. That that would be probably what I choose to go with, and it's yeah. you know I like I'm a I'm a big fan of Merfolk. Uh, I'm I don't a think Merfolk you should ever play myself, yeah. ponder in in a Merfolk deck, uh, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. You're never playing Ponder in the Merfolk deck. Although, I imagine Merfolk might do better if they played four Ponder. Well, I think it's slowly getting to the point where Merfolk might think about cards like that now. It used to be you literally were just playing like 20, 20 of lords. the same card. So yeah. if you were going to Ponder, you're just wasting a mana on a card that should have just been a Lord. Packrat was really a card that they... It's really just Merfolk deck in a card. Yeah. Everything you draw is the same thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I I don't know. Uh, that's that's the that that top eight. We, we see a lot of Grixis Delver. We see a lot of Pile, and then we see like it looks like in both both tournaments three uh rogue decks, as in uh two two Stompy decks and a third or fourth uh uh deck. So we had Sultai Leovold as the uh third deck and then the um food chain deck as the uh uh fourth uh deck in this uh top eight so the food chain deck just to give it a quick look hey cosmo oh wow hey cosmo hey, hey. Co well done cosmo, cosmo. i i, yeah, I know that congrats. guy uh yeah no cosmo's cool uh so uh we've got strix shardless eternal scourge uh death right of course hostage taker hostage taker wow. loba spice uh, Miss Hallogriffin, Spellseeker. Hey, we got one in there. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Cosmo, you cracked it. You Spell broke seeker. it, dude. I wonder what he's getting with Spellseeker in this deck. I uh, guess, I what, guess, uh, manipulate, manipulate fate. fate, right? Yeah, there you go. Okay. It's really interesting, though, if he's trying, if he's looking to get Manipulate Fate, well, I guess he can also get a Traverse the Uvenwald, so he's using it as a four mana tutor. Yeah. Uh, which isn't the worst when you have infinite mana. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I, it would be weird to me if he was, like, specifically to get Manipulate Fate, because Manipulate Fate, one, you want to cast it earlier on, I would think, to get yeah. the dead draws out of your deck. Like, you never want to draw Miss Hollow Griffin. And I would also think that if that was the case, you would be on four Manipulate Fate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. So. Uh, yeah, he, that's that's a spicy, uh, spicy uh, like, uh, tutor target kind of dealio. Um, uh, what else can he get? Uh, I guess he can, in, in a pinch, he can also tutor for a removal spell. Yeah. He's playing a murderous cut, which is strange, but he can tutor for an abrupt decay. Yep. Uh, it's interesting that he went with murderous cut as opposed to push, since he has a spell seeker, but I guess he specifically is thinking, I want something that can kill five drops? Or, like, like higher than five drops? Yeah, I mean, it's not... Obviously, murderous cut's not great against a reanimator deck, so... <laughs> like, by yeah, the time you've mean, done it, it's too late. It's just interesting that he has a spell seeker, but then chooses to play a removal spell that can't be got by it. Yeah, but, I don't know. I mean... He figured out how to make Spellseeker at least playable. So yeah, I wonder. I wonder how it did for him on the day. Um. Yeah. Well, I'll have to ask him. I I, I see him around pretty often. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Then then his big guys are uh, Tyrant, uh, Tombstalker, uh, obviously Emmercool, and and he's playing one of Leovold. I I like the Leovold in the food chain deck. Honestly, I think I think it's right where you want to be. Uh, if you're not winning the game outright. Yeah. I mean. Uh... I just quickly looked over to the board to see if there was anything spicy for Spellseeker to be able to nab there. Uh, nothing crazy. He's not playing any any like 
unique things. You can get the regular cards that you'd be boarding in otherwise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's a nice, uh, that's a nice like inclusion in the top eight is a food chain deck that you don't normally see in, in the top eight very often. Yeah. I mean, now that Spellseeker is at least we've seen now it has shown up because we were expecting it to do some amount of things. And I honestly thought battle bond was going to have an impact. Like I thought maybe the, uh, show and tell on a guy, the Arcanus, yeah. that might show up. Uh, it looks like from these two results, at least so far, Battle Bond hasn't done anything, but the format is still kind of stale. What do you think the format actually needs right now to be interesting again? Does it just need like a shakeup of just new cards need to come into the format to make it so it's not just I mean, everybody's playing the same thing? We all know what I think that the format needs. <laughs> And it ain't more cowbell, I'll tell you that. It's, it's less, well, it's assume, less Death Rite Shaman. So let's yeah, assume that Death Rite Shaman isn't happen. the issue. Yeah. Assuming um, that a ban doesn't happen, what do you think that they could... What's the format longing for, in your your opinion? I think the format is longing for um, just different strategies. Like, seeing the same, the same like, mid-range, like, turbo... You know, what is it, what's it? Uh, turbo Xerox-style deck like constantly is it's starting to get boring honestly and i don't think that that you know we want to get rid of like ponder and brainstorm i know that those are the problems uh in in that thing but i think yeah those are the staples of the format and they're not gonna they're not gonna be changed so i think that what we need is either to arm the other colors with cards on that level um which it'll be hard to do honestly like what do you how do you like Traversy Ovenwald is like kind of close to the thing that sort of is like that. Um, because is Traverse can... the Ovenwald one of the cards is like one of the most powerful least explored cards? I think so. Yeah. I mean they've they've started to use it a little bit in modern. Uh, oh yeah, Traverse is great. I mean I think Traverse is a great card. I mean that's why I was asking. I I haven't tried experimenting with it, uh, but the decks to I mean Strix has been in. in an enabler of that for of getting delirium online pretty quickly, like yeah. just going land fetch, ponder, turn to bearable strix, and then it's ever in your yard. You yeah, already you have delirium. Like, yeah. Um, it's pretty yeah. good. I I mean I think it's, honestly it's easier in legacy to get delirium going anyhow. One hundred percent. Yeah. Just I mean the, the number of times in my life where I've been like, someone's like, well, what's your tarmogoyf at? And I'm just like the classic four. You know, like mm-hmm. land creature, uh, uh, land was land creature instant sorcery. You know, like that's yeah. just they're Reinforce. always going to yeah. be in the in the graveyards. Um, so let's talk about uh, some of these M nineteen cards. Uh, just just yeah, just we got to some spoilers. Touch, touch on a couple of the spoilers that came out. I don't want to go too deep into the to the set yet because uh, Nate Nate really has fun doing that. So I don't want to I don't want to ran in his parade with that. But I do want to talk about a couple of these cards. Uh, True or false? Thud is playable. Ooh, I think Thud. Thud. What, might... If anybody doesn't know, Thud is the new fling, except it's a sorcery, but it only costs red. Yeah. Um, so it's exactly the same text as fling, except it's a sorcery and it costs red. I'd be hard pressed to say that this this sees play, um, only because the decks that want this generally don't play red. Um, I mean, we just saw a Death Shadow deck like playing yeah. that Berserk. How about instead we fling that shit at you? Berserk into fling? No, 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 man. <laughs> you just play your death shadow and thud. 
I suppose that is one way to do it. Um, It's been so long since I I cast a um, Berserk and the creature actually died. Um, Does the creature die at end of combat or end of turn? It's end of combat, but you played Infect, so you know better than I do. Unfortunately, I just never never cast that card and then have anything happen afterwards. Uh, No, at the beginning of the (laughs) instant. The game always ends first. Yeah, yeah, the game is just, oh, they just scoop immediately. The creature rarely dies. So it's at the beginning of the next end step, destroy the creature if it attacked this turn. So berserking into thud is a thing you could do. I mean, I don't think you need both. I think you need, (laughs) like, do you want to go into combat or not? And if the answer is no, then you can thud them. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, So we've talked about thud. It's it's there. <laughs> it's out there. Um, but hey, we should we talk about uh, judgment. Uh, what is it? Infernal, Infernal judgment? judgment. Infernal judgment. Infernal judgment. So that's uh, one black, an instant, exile target colorless creature. You gain life equal to its power. I I, I was saying to you before the cast I, when we were looking at these. I love it. Love it when they print cards that just acknowledge their mistakes. Yeah, I mean, this card, it, it, you can literally see a, a Eldrazi being grabbed by a demon. <laughs> and, it's just the, like, they're, they're like, they're just like, hey guys, Eldrazi was just like really poor on our end. Like, there was no reason that we should have just given you a pre-con of cards that do nothing but generate value at like extremely efficient prices with insanely fat stats that all have disruption or like built-in protection yeah. or draw cards or give you value so here's your literally the cheapest possible exile a creature that we can give you and then on top of that you will gain the life yeah. and the thing that's really sad about this is what you had said which was you bring this in against Eldrazi. Gets by chalice. <laughs> it just gets bricked by chalice yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's upsetting it's like they only had to add one more word to it, it was like this cannot be countered I think they just needed to not print Eldrazi. But if since we're here now, I think it's interesting when they, they print cards like these that are acknowledges of mistakes that are meant to be a tool against the problem, and then they just Still not don't think about the other context of the deck that makes yeah. it so like this card isn't actually effective. And yeah. it'll be it'll still be fine. The thing is that it's like when are you ever gonna be boarding a card this narrow? I would never board a card this narrow. I, I it's mean too narrow. If this card was green, I wouldn't board it against uh against an Eldrazi deck, like thinking that like maybe I'll see an Eldrazi deck. But like I can't imagine any black player being like, Well, I've got a lot of options and, and ways that I could kill Eldrazi, but I'm gonna choose the most narrow way that will be good against almost no other deck. It's like, even if you did play this against Eldrazi, like, you, it's not even going to be good. Like, against a, a Thought Not Seer, it still disrupted you. Against a, a Reality Smasher, you still have to discard a card. Like, it's putting you down cards. This thing needed to say at, like, the life, but to be even remotely playable, it would have also needed Exile, Target, Colorless Creature, you gain life equal to its power, draw a card. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, is I would rather play Ceremonious Rejection in my board, and I don't. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally. Because um, that solves the it's entire problem like... from the beginning, right? Like, you can use that to counter Chalice, you can use that to uh, counter the Eldrazi as well. So I think that this card is is nice, but not nice enough. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess if for uh, standard purposes... It can be 
like ballista, I guess, is a problem. Like you're not actually going to gain any life because they're just going to shoot it all yeah, at you. I don't know. It's a yeah. really weird card to be printing right now. Uh, okay, so let's let's talk about uh, the Militia Bugler. It's a uh, two and one white creature human is soldier. Is it Bugler or Bugler? How do you actually pronounce this word? <laughs> it's it's definitely Bugler. Okay, cool. Um, he's he's not bugling. <laughs> he's bugling. Oh, look at that. I guess this is a, a promo, too. Uh, so, uh, it has vigilance. It's a So, it's a three mana, uh, two and one white uh, creature, human soldier, vigilance. Uh, so, that all that text is irrelevant. Uh, the important stuff is, when the bugler enter, enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card with power two or less from among them and put it into your hand. Uh, the rest go on your bottom uh, in random order. And he's a 2-3. So let's talk about this guy. So the, my thought is, what is this deck? I mean, obviously, any time a value white creature comes out, we just immediately go to death and taxes. Mm-hmm. But is there, like, is there a world where this would be better than Recruiter? Is there a world where a 2-3 beater that can defend is better than a 1-1 one, one that can tutor the deck. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think know. that's the first question. Yeah, I mean, th- so you're going to be able to get different cards with this, obviously, right? I think For the, the most other... part, the only thing that you can't get with this that you can get with Recruiter is Flicker Wisp. Now that's big. That's yeah. huge. I'm just trying to think of. A lot of times you need the Flicker Wisp for a reason too. What's up? A lot of times you need the Flicker Wisp for a specific reason too. And so when you're searching for cards, you're not searching your deck for like mother of runes to play and then like let it sit there for like a turn right. and die right you're looking for something that's going to answer your opponent's thing um when you're when you're searching in a deck like death and taxes like the library mm-hmm. manipulation is specifically to either find removal or, an, or or like an answer for like a permanent right and flicker wisp is that many times um i think the other thing is that this is uh yeah, it's it's like you could play this in a Lauren maybe. Uh yeah, right yeah. So well, I, the thing is, that in a Lauren where you're looking specifically for a combo piece though, then I would still think that the the only difference here is this guy has a worse tutoring ability, mm-hmm. but better stats. Yeah. So I think you have to be like the deck that's gonna want it. Like if I'm playing the combo deck, I'm playing the tutor. Yeah. You know, like I just want to find the thing. Uh, this is for a deck that would need to be invested in the fact that he can control the table a little bit. Yeah, and Aloran's not hurting for uh, for uh, cards in the colors that it actually normally plays uh, right. to, to to make its combo happen. Yeah, I'm. I think we're. I don't think this guy's gonna do anything. I think we're 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 trying too hard to make a two three with vigilance matter, but. I like, I mean, it's, it's, it, you see those cards where it's just like, yeah, ETB get value immediately with selection. And you're like, oh, like this gotta be good, but it's yeah. not. Well, uh, so let's move on to. Blood Divination is a three and a black that says sack a creature as an additional cost. And then you ancestral. I get it's unplayable because it's four mana. If this card were priced at three, is it playable? Ooh, um, I would say no. I think this card would be unplayable if it was priced at one. One plus sack a creature ancestral. <laughs> okay, fine. Maybe it would be playable then. 
Because you would play it in, in Grixis Delver, right? You would just like, no, no, you know, no contest. Play it in Dude, Grixis Sack Delver. a Token or Sack a Strix Ancestral. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, four is obviously too much. I'm asking, what what is the pricing on this with, as the additional cost of sacking a creature to Ancestral? Three. What is the point uh, sorry, of playability? The, the answer is two. Do you think um, at three it's unplayable? You think painful choose price is too much? I do. I think that it, I would rather pay three life than sacrifice a creature. It's too many hoops to jump through. You always have three life or you're dead, mm-hmm. in which case you, you, you know, You also need three whatever. colors. For that, you need three colors. True. True. But the decks that are going to want to play this are Delver decks that are, like, reloading their hand. I'm saying if there was a card, let's say hypothetically this card was actually priced at three. Do you think that could spawn a new archetype? Hmm. You think a three mana ancestral that sacks a creature, so it's an active sack outlet as well, that they can't respond to because it's an additional cost. Nothing is, that I can think of off the top of my head, out. but but possibly. I mean, you could play that in uh, what's it called at that point, right? Like you've played a Nick Fit. I just like anytime I see a card that says draw three cards on it. If the cost is good enough, I think is this a new deck? The same way that I get Treasure Cruise was just straight up ancestral, but that was just like. Here's the birth of the best deck it in the took, format. It you know? took like a, a solid like uh, it took two tournaments. Yeah, two tournaments like uh, and and one like honestly like I still am mad about that because that ruined a, a great what would have been a great grand prix uh, for me not for me specifically but like it would have been a great grand prix and it was just ruined by like oh there's a grand prix in New Jersey oh I guess I'll just be playing against the exact same deck all weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was where you could main deck two Pyroblasts and feel v- really good about it. Yeah. Um, I feel like Blood Divination would be so close at three. What was the other one? I have DES written down. Oh, well, there's the new Nicol Bolas, Planeswalker. Yeah, let's talk about Nicol Bolas real fast. Nicol Bolas, I feel like, is also very much on the cusp, but like, I don't... Th- I don't think it'll see play, but let's read it so we can get a, a, a gauge. Yeah, as a as a four mana four four flyer, that's it's not four the and worst. Grixis. Yeah, it's not the worst rate, and it's in playable colors, and you can pop this down on turn three with a death rate shaman. Yeah, so it's one blue, black, red, and it's a flying four four elder dragon legend, and it says when it ETBs, your opponent discards a card, and then for four Grixis colors, so seven mana. Ex- exile it and return it so essentially transform it into an unbeatable planeswalker yeah the planeswalker so, is, i mean the text on the planeswalker is irrelevant it's it starts at seven loyalty if you uh, flip it the game is over the game should be over from, from this point on it just um, costs 11 mana to i mean if you there. have yeah if you have the seven mana to flip it like i don't even know what kind of deck you're on honestly yeah i just think like i mean the first thing when i saw this guy and i was like okay what's the deck that would be interested in this type of body and this type of effect in these colors. And immediately, of course, I just went to the same casting cost. And I was like, it's kind of like Kess, mm-hmm. except this guy actually gets an immediate uh, ETB trigger. So it's not like it's still bad against Caracas, but at least it's not a total blank. This card's not bolt bait, but it is fatal push bait. Oh, yeah. I mean, like dies to removal. At least you're still going to get it, it traded for Correct, more cards yeah. than it was worth. Uh, I just don't know, like, a 4-mana four 4-4 four, four flyer that ETBs and it just Raven crimes, Raven crimes them, and then it's unbeatable once you get to 7-mana. Uh, I mean, I does it have a home? Will people experiment with this guy? Like, 
does he would he just be in like that Kess flex spot? Is he just gonna sit on the shelf and not be anywhere in the format? I I think sit on the shelf, but I think yeah. uh, it, if someone's if someone wants to be intrepid, this is a card that could be played. If this card said discard a card at random, is it? Oh, uh, yeah, in a second. Oh, you think that if it said at random, this card would just straight up be playable? One hundred percent. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The random effect is is pretty uh, devastating at times, especially if you're you're popping this down on turn three and you make maybe you get their third land and they're just like, oh, that was bad. You know, mm. the, your your opponent being able to choose the card makes makes this card not as obviously not as good. The random effect is just such a so bonkers sometimes. I can't tell you how many how many games I've lost to like a turn one hypnotic specter that just took my land every turn, and I was like, oh, yeah. I can't beat this. I look you at know. this and think, okay, well, now that you maybe you're making me think about it, if Nicol Bolas, let's say our goal was to make Nicol Bolas something that was a legitimate card to be playing with, and you want to leverage the fact that an ETB Raven crimes them, then that would be like, okay, if I'm playing this in pile and playing it in the Kess slot, then I'm instead of playing. A smattering of one ofs to leverage cast as a snapcaster. I just play four hymns yeah. and like other things to get your card low enough so that way, because like it's kind of like uh, K Command, right? Where K Command has a Raven Crimes effect. Yep. And that Raven Crimes effect, I think, is the worst card or worst mode of the four modes, except when they only have one card in their hand, or when they have no cards in their hand and they're drawing it during their their draw sure. step since it's an instant. That's but like when when they're down to like only a card or two cards or what have you, a Raven's Crime is way more powerful. Yeah. So maybe you just have to configure the deck so you're trying to leverage the ETB effect. Because then a four a four minute four four flyer is just gonna be bigger than anything else in the air. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's close, maybe it's not. I like I like the I like the thought process of it though. Uh so the next card on my list of cards to look at, uh Desecrated Tomb. It's a three mana artifact. Whenever one or more creature cards leaves your graveyard, create a 1-1 one, one black bat token flying creature. So what is – I mean it's priced at three. The like, three is gotta, the hard part of this. Man, it's like this effect – like anytime you just see like a recurring ability for like a lingering souls or whatever, it just seems like it's going to be a really good grindy card. But – it doesn't do anything when it enters the board. Yeah, the, here's the thing. I think this card should be uh, a, like a one or uh, maybe two, but really a one mana card. Uh, and then it it could see play as a sideboard card in uh, your uh, like your reanimator decks. You know, like they're just like, okay, well, I saw that my opponent's probably going to bring in remove you know ways to get rid of my guys. Also, I'm going to get value whenever I reanimate a guy because this works both ways. Like, if your opponent hates out your uh, creatures uh, as you're trying to reanimate them, you're still going to get a bat. If they don't, you're still going to get a bat. At so, three mana. Yeah, at three mana, it's, it's, it's hard to swallow. At one mana, I would play this in a second. So I feel like, you know, maybe this card sees play in standard or something, but I, don't, I, I, I couldn't imagine it seeing play in Legacy. Well, I'm trying to think, is there... Oh, because it's whenever one or more creatures leave your it's your graveyard yep. it's specifically Yours. your graveyard not a graveyard so it makes me think that if it's from your graveyard that means you're gonna be more in control of that mm -hmm. so is there a way that you just like play this and then can just spam infinite one ones uh i mean 
the best you can do is 53 one ones, right? Well, no, like because you could play a creature and then have something to sack it and then oh, go and again. Oh, get it back. Yeah. Because it's it's not whenever it's exiled, it's whenever one of the creatures leaves. So it can come back to the battlefield, go back again. True, true. Um, I and think then, this would be an interesting actual sideboard card in like a manned dredge deck. Um, and then they just play their own uh, their own uh, Tormod's Crypt and get you. Like, is there... <laughs> it's like, I'll like, Tormod's Crypt all my stuff. I get a yeah, bunch I'm trying of to think. Uh, yeah, I only Tormod's get one Crypt. bat, though, because it's whenever one or more creature cards. So it'll only be one bat per, per turn right. that happens. It, it makes me think, like, you want... Like, I mean, I just, like... If you have... Uh, Ashnod's alt. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I think done. I think your best your your best case is like in in Pox where you play like your one Nether Spirit. Oh yeah, I mean, and then you're just I getting value it, like but, yeah. off of that like constantly. I, I was thinking like if you have um Grave Crawler as like the cheapest way to recur something mm-hmm. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that you could go infinite with. You need infinite black. And then you can make infinite one ones, and then you still have to go through combat. Man, mm-hmm. like so many hoops for three mana. Yeah, it, it's it's exceedingly fair, and I just don't think that 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 that'll do it for you. God, exceedingly fair cards, yeah. so boring. Um, so the other card, so this is the last card uh, we want to talk about is a uh, skilled animator. That's a so, uh, yeah. Th- yeah. It, he's a three mana uh, card, uh, two and one blue, human artificer. Uh, I can't believe that that's a job you can have. Just An like, artificer? Yeah, I just artifice. I yeah, just dude, like... I, I think of art like modern day artificers are like welders and people who work with their hands. Yeah. Like, if you are somebody who builds furniture or something like that, I would I would consider you an artificer. Yeah. Um, you you create artifacts. Uh, but yeah. anyhow, so when uh the skilled uh animator comes into play, hits the battlefield. Target artifact you control becomes an artifact creature with a base power and toughness of 5-5 for as long as the skilled animator remains on the battlefield. Yeah, so the interesting thing about this guy is I'm forgetting what the card is called, but it's the, everybody remembers it because it's the one with the giant scissors. Yeah, that's it's the uh, same. Go, go on. Oh, I was going to say it's the same. It's the exact same effect on an enchantment for one and a blue. Yes. So... What's interesting about that is if there was a deck that you were looking to make, like get super aggressive with just fat artifacts, uh, then now this guy means that you have eight of that effect and eight being that pinnacle number to make sure that you nearly 100% draw a copy in your opening hand every game, which is what you want to be doing in a deck that's trying to get aggressive, like a deck that's turning your artifacts into five fives. So you're like, you know, artifact land plus mox plus whatever, put this thing, make it a five, five. Um, so because that gives you eight of that effect, now you can look into the artifact deck. That's just looking to pump out aggressive five fives. I don't know if there's going to be a deck that's interested in that, but I mean, you just go artifact land, mox opal, chrome mox, play this guy, turn that thing into, turn something into a five, five and, now we're off to the races. You know, that's a four-turn clock on turn zero. Yeah. That is not down any card equity from things that you would already want to be playing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 
It's tough because, like, so, I mean, either one of these is dependent on the other card staying in play, right? Well, this one is dependent on this guy needs to stay in play for it to remain a Mm 5-5. And the other one is an enchantment that makes it a 5-5. Yeah. So it opens all of them up to the same removal. uh, But you're in blue. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I think I like... You can still be on force and a bunch of other things. Yeah, I think I like this... uh, over that, uh, specifically for the decks that would want this, which is basically like a Tesserator style deck. Um, it's like a more aggressive Tesserator? Yeah, so like you're like, boom, I play Chalice on turn one. I followed up with this guy. You obviously aren't going to bolt it because the Chalice is on one, right? Hit you for five, untap, hit you for five. You know, maybe by by then you might even have another artifact in play that you're smacking your opponent with, you know? Well, I, I'm actually thinking of uh, another card. There is th- There's another enchantment that I think is this the same thing as this effect that was, um, I remember uh, playing it in uh, constructed, like standard constructed, mm-hmm. uh, Tezzeret's Touch. Is that what it's called? Tezzeret's it's Touch. Let's find One blue-black. One blue black for an enchantment that does the exact same thing as this guy. Oh, it's one blue black. So it's still three mana, but if you're in blue and black, then all of a sudden you could theoretically have 12 of this effect. I mean, you should be in blue black, right? I mean, if um, yeah, if, if you're like, if you're okay, I'm going to be on underground C. Yeah, this is just a, it's just an aura that, uh, and then if uh, this returns to your hand, right? Or when the enchanted you... artifact is put into a graveyard, that card returns to its owner's hand. So you okay. get a little bit of protection against removal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously not if you're casting this. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course not. But, like, the the creature removal won't work against your artifacts that you're animating. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have 12 of that effect plus Tezret, so you could theoretically, you could have 20 cards that turn artifacts into 5-5s five and just be on, like, artifact lands as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you should be on artifact lands. I I I play uh when I played Tezzeret, uh I played uh seats. Yep, yep. I mean, there there's a now incredibly high volume of these cards that just turn your artifacts into five fives. So, I mean, maybe the are hard to deal with too when you're when you can't cast one mana removal spells. So, it's it's something to think about. I don't think that this card's like. Woo, get out there and get, grab them. But it's it, it's a nice little role player in a deck that, that, that wants an effect like this. I think it's interesting for... Yeah, I think it's... It, the one thing, too, is that the artifact and this guy are separated. Yeah. So it's a 5-5 five, five for as long as you control this guy. So if they point the removal at the artifact as opposed to this guy, then all of a sudden blink effects also on this guy can recur a 5-5. Five, five. True. So, I mean, we're just spitting off the wall here because I can't think of a blink effect that you would want with this. But, you know, you have uh, a lot of things that can turn your guys into five fives now. So maybe there's a deck there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's everything that we we kind of pegged for uh, for M19 so far. We've got a lot more coming out for the set. Uh, and I think next week we'll probably have uh, a better idea of what's out there. And uh, we'll, we'll try and do a, uh, you know, a whole list of uh the format the format the uh set with nate uh i don't know you got anything else no no i think uh this is uh a, a long cast but we were exploring a couple of different things yeah um but like i think the big thing from these top eights is mono red prison 
That deck's here to stay. It is definitely here to stay. That is a that is something you have to just plan for for now on. Yeah. Um. And and with Hydro that, Blast is not going to be good enough. Yeah. And uh, with that, uh, we will uh, bid you adieu. Have a great week. Happy Father's Day. Stop! Stop! Animal stuff. Can you see any more stuff? It's our go. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Eternal Dirtles is supported by Audible.com. If you'd like a free audiobook and start up a trial with Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash eternaldirtles, and they'll hook you up with a free book, and you'll be supporting the show. Thanks so much.